Hello friends, Michael Graywolf here. Just wanted to give you a little heads up. If you can tell by the title, we are talking about sex in today's episode. So if sex is something that you are not comfortable with, or you don't really want to get to know us that intimately, <laughs> you might want to skip this episode. We will have another episode out this month that we will be talking about mental health. And we hope you do decide to listen, because we do have some great conversations, and yeah, can't really go into much else. You'll just have to listen and find out. Now, on to the show. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Walking the Unnamed Path. Uh, we are a podcast dedicated to expanding on the teachings and techniques given to us by the ancestors of men who love men, and laid out by our late brother and founder, Hyperion. We also discuss topics and ideas pertaining to queer pagan men and the greater queer community. I am one of your co-hosts, Chris Ripple, and I'm joined tonight by my fabulous co-conspirators and co-hosts, uh, Michael Greywolf and Chase Powers. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, if you haven't already, please hit subscribe to stay up to date on your preferred platforms so you know exactly when we put out a new episode. And we appreciate those likes. Uh, but before we get into our topic, how have you two been? Let's start with person number one. <laughs> uh, it's fine. I'll go. You know, it's been it's been surreal. I've been working from home, and so on the one hand, you know, I do have a little bit of that like my days are blurring together kind of thing. But on the other hand, I can't relate to a lot of the other people where they're like, oh my gosh, time has no meaning, and I have nothing to do because I'm like, mm, I have to work eight hours every day. I'm really grateful to have a job. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm really grateful to not be one of the people that got laid off at my job, you know, so that I'm still having a source of income, which is really good. I am still navigating learning how to date in the era of COVID-19, which is complicated. Luckily, you know, I live with one of my boyfriends, so that's super helpful. And the other one is a short trip across the river, so that's been happening. And, uh, yeah... You know, been good, staying healthy, staying away from people because, you know, never know. And um, otherwise, just sort of waiting for waiting for everything to kind of peter out. We're supposedly, I think, Oregon hit the peak of the infectious curve this week, I think. See either oh, this week great. or next week. So yeah, we're I'm I'm really hoping that things start to kind of I don't want to say get back to normal, but you know, get a little less like the end of the world here. How about you, Michael? How's well, it going? <laughs> well, everything's going fairly well. I like Chase. I'm you know one of the people still employed during this time. Uh, my own my only like not happy part about that is kind of feeling underappreciated at my job. Not not so much from, you know, because I do work retail, not so much from my uh, customers, my guests, because uh, a lot of them have been like saying, oh, thank you so much for being open. You know, I, we really do appreciate it and whatnot. Uh, more from like my corporate office. Uh, they have, they're constantly throwing stuff. Uh, sorry, I'm trying I get very animated, so I'm trying not to clap my hands or, like, make sounds with my hands. Um, 
It's okay, Michael. They, Our editor will edit it out. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they—they've uh, they've been like not very forthcoming on a lot of details on various things. Uh, and actually, we had a little bit of a scare. Maybe I think it was actually yeah, it was last week. Uh, one of my employees went home early because uh, she wasn't feeling well, and you know. So, you know, she said she didn't have a fever. You know, she said she just, you know, she felt, you know, I I can't remember all the symptoms she said she had, but apparently on her way home she threw up in her car. Uh, so she said, and you know, with all this going on, they're like, okay, you need a doctor's note before you can come back to work. Uh, so basically, if since uh, she, I don't know, she kind of was hemming and hawing about, you know, getting that doctor's note. So she's kind of effectively terminated. Like, wow. unless she bring, unless she shows up with a doctor's note saying she can, you know, she can work, you know, she's, they're assuming she's not coming back. But, you know, because of all this going on, you know, if someone is sick, you know, they should, you know, self-quarantine or, you know, go get tested if they are showing like any of the uh, signs for uh, COVID-19 or if they think they have some like, and she's an older lady. So she's like in her sixties. So she is one of the prime like uh, targets for, uh, not targets, uh, prime people susceptible to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she wasn't wanting to go get tested or something like that. So basically, you know, we don't know if she has it. Unless she goes and gets tested, the store stays open and operates as normal. But if she does go and get tested, then they will quarantine us for two weeks. Wait, the whole staff? Yeah. Oh, so she gets At tested. Then if she the gets f- tested, if she gets tested, okay. then they will, you know, quarantine the store. But since she's not going to go get tested, we're just operating as normal. Wait, so by so quarantine the store, you mean that the store will be closed for two weeks, and you'll be yeah. out of a job for two weeks? We would still get paid. Oh, okay. But you know, the thing is, they're doing everything they can not to close the store. They don't want to have to close the store and lose that uh, revenue for two weeks. Right. Okay. So, but yeah, you know, there's... So I, I don't know if she has it. You know, it's possible that she does. It's possible that she doesn't. So can't quarantine because if I do, then my store is up the creek without a paddle. Mm-hmm. Huh. But wow, yeah, that's a lot, Michael. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, and then there's other shit that they're throwing at us that I'm just like, I'm done with this. So I am, you know, I'm going to be job hunting during this, you know, pandemic, too. So, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> wow. Oy, oy, oy. I mean, a couple of things okay. occurring to me, too, is, like, even for uh, your coworker getting tested or getting a a, a, a note uh, from her provider, um, I, you know, who's going to pay for that, right? Does she have good health insurance? Is it, um, does she have the spare cash for a copay to do that, you know? And even testing, I'm not sure how how available testing is um, over by you. you, And does she also live in Dallas, or? 
She does. And we do have two uh, testing sites here in Dallas for people. But mm-hmm. from what I hear, like the lines are super long for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. And like I said, she's an older lady. She really shouldn't be out and about in general. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh, wow. What about you, Chris? Um, gosh, well, I, well, I'm a nurse in the, in the area of COVID-19. So, um, yeah, it's been, you know, this for me, uh, this week has been largely about, um, I feel like, um, I feel like my experience with it, um, with work and just the people in my communities, um, a lot has been, uh, demonstrated about, um, showing compassion during this time. I don't know. I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, um, so like essentially I'm not sure how it is where in, in Portland or in Dallas, but you know, they, at least in, in our hospitals, uh, here in New York, they've, Basically, um, stopped all visiting policies, or or they they've adjusted visiting policies for folks that are in the hospital, and of course, many units are becoming COVID units. Uh, so I, a lot of my a lot of my colleagues, my nurse my nurse colleagues are maybe they never worked with adults before, but now they're working with adults. You know, um, their units are becoming COVID nineteen units when maybe previously it was for pediatrics or just for babies uh so there's a lot of change happening policies are changing every day uh even official recommendations on how to wear ppe and honestly how long to keep them for uh is changing every day you know you walk into work you don't know what to expect so yeah I've, there's been a lot of anxiety around that I mean, for me personally and definitely just in the air i think generally speaking a lot of people are very anxious and um, overwhelmed and really just trying to keep our shit together as we, as we do the work that we are, you know, that we do. I don't know. I've also been experiencing lots of um, like beauty during this time too. Um, Like one example, uh, you guys know that I teach hula and we've been doing like virtual hula classes, but one of our students, one of our homeowner, um, just like very, you know, small gesture, but then, or a very simple gesture. I, sh- I shouldn't say small. It was actually a beautiful gesture, but she basically said, Hey, if anyone needs cash, let me know. I'm happy to chip in, you know? And I, I thought that, that that was so inspiring, but uh, it also occurred to me that it's really tough to ask for help. And it's really tough to ask for financial help. I'm, uh, this is something I know personally from experience, you know, growing up without money, so we actually started something in our own little circle that we're calling uh, – this is a little bit of a Hawaiian lesson, but it's called uh, Kala Anu Anue, which uh, translates to like rainbow money. And essentially what we're doing is sending around cash in our Venmo circle. So we're just Venmoing cash to each, uh, to each other. And then when you receive it, if you have need, you take. And then if you do not, you pass on. And if you have availability, you, you add to it. So it's, it's a basically like a virtual donation bucket, you know, or like a communal bucket of cash where you could actually take from it if you need it uh, and, then, um, and then pass it on as well if you don't need it. Also, I've, I've been thinking a lot about 
let's say you do have COVID-19 and you are in the hospital, um, you can't receive visitors. And if you're very sick, you might be intubated, uh, in which case you're probably sedated. So, you know, the last time you might have seen your friends and family could be a long time. And then obviously if you die, the last time that you'll see them before you die could be in that scenario too. But one of my nursing friends uh, inspired me to do what she's doing. Essentially, I don't work on a COVID unit, even though obviously some of our babies can have it. We've been offering to visit uh, for the sake of families and friends of uh, patients in our hospital so that um, at least they'll be able to maybe FaceTime, maybe uh, be played a favorite song, you know, or even if it is with a stranger, having some physical contact. Although I'm sure I'm sure they're getting that compassion from their staff currently, but I think also for the folks that are waiting for them outside the hospital, you know, I know like if, if it was a similar situation for my dad, I know that I would be going like nuts, you know, um, before my dad passed away, if we were unable to visit and say our goodbyes. Uh, so little small gestures like that is something that's kind of coming to focus for me during this week. <laughs> Yeah, but generally speaking, I think I'm just, I've been working with some anxiety, but uh, generally speaking, feeling kind of uplifted and like hopeful about the whole scenario. <laughs> Good. Well, that, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's just gorgeous what you were talking about, uh, Chris. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's wonderful. And I saw that post that you had done earlier about uh, visiting. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's just like Chris, you know. Big heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's just a small gesture, but, you know, I'm also, I, I've been noticing a lot of people in our community, like uh, witches and pagans, like talking about death walking for all these folks that are dying, you know? I mean, literally every day, just in our city, you know, just the other day, like we, I think they counted 770 deaths or something, you know? So lots of, lots of folks passing through, you know? In an alarming rate for sure so it's uh i think it's a lot a lot of um a lot of our brothers uh that you two know as well live close to like the epicenter over here so i know a lot of work is being done yeah yeah thank you so much for giving me that time um i'm not <laughs> sure that's the best transition but <laughs> uh, you know it's, um. I, I know for me it's always therapeutic to talk to both of you so thank you so much um <laughs> Where I was gonna say, you know what else is good therapy? <laughs> Some oh, self love. Good segue. Self love. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's actually set. Wait. Let's rewind and do that setup again. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Ready and go. <laughs> but you know what else Michael. is some uh, good therapy, Chris? Some self love. Yeah. Tell me, Michael. Self love. Yeah, Thank self-love. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll work on that segue. But um, yeah, yeah. So the topic for this month uh, is sexual health, practice and application, uh, and generally speaking. But um, we were inspired to talk about sex because for a couple of different reasons. One, May is um, is a National Masturbation Month. Yeah, National Masturbation yeah. Month. Yay! It's, it's also it's also National <laughs> Mental Health Month. So you know. Oh, very things. nice going together right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um 
I mean, it's also timely in, in the time of COVID-19. So we definitely want to take create some space to talk about this amazing topic with sex in general in our community and how we're being impacted and definitely some fun along the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, Michael, you wanted to start off by bringing uh, the spotlight to sex workers in our community. Do you want to take it away for a little bit? It'll probably be just a small blurb because I was trying to think of more I could say (laughs) on the topic. Uh, But, you know, sex workers doesn't necessarily mean uh, just people who you you pay to have sex. You know, there are people who do sex education. There are people who... I'm doing a horrible job at explaining this. And I did a podcast on sex and love and pleasure. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Anyways. Yeah. So, you know, in with, when everything started going into quarantine, you know, all sorts of functions and whatnot got canceled. And, you know, like one, one thing here in uh, Texas was TBRU, like, Right as all this started to snowball, TBRU, which stands for Texas Bear Roundup, which is not necessarily a sex party, although a lot of sex happens <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. You know, it just just started to snowball that everything had to shut down, and there were a lot of people who were very upset that you know they it's one of their few times that they can get to go out and. Be like, be sexy, or you know, find people who are like them who have similar interests and whatnot. And so, you're seeing, you know, after all this happened, you're seeing a lot more uh, people who are starting, you know, OnlyFans or uh, posting on Pornhub or stuff like that. A lot of uh, porn. Porn actors are, or adult film entertainers. Uh, I shouldn't have said it like that, but a lot of a lot of adult film entertainers are had posted a bunch of like free stuff online, but they mm-hmm. also started their posting their own paid content on their own pages and whatnot. And I, I know I see a lot. I'm on just about every, almost every single social media platform. And you see so many people complaining about, oh, all these, you know, influx of new gays or new queer people online, you know, posting about their OnlyFans and whatnot. So, and that goes back to a little bit back to what Chase and I were talking about, about being glad to have jobs. A lot of people are jobless now and they're like, what can I do? Oh, I like sex. I'll make an OnlyFans or something like that. You know, they're now going to once all this is over are they if they continue on that path they will be a sex worker which we definitely need to you know destigmatize that in the greater community because there are so many places where uh sex work is legal you know they have right. health insurance they have all this stuff that would make it safer here for that in the US but of course we have a Puritan mindset when it comes to that and like to demonize those who are providing the service that everyone is using right now. But going back to like the sites that are hosting stuff like this, like OnlyFans or something like that, or it's my guy. I think that's 
what it is, yeah. There are so many of those sites, since people are you know struggling for money, they're taking less of a cut. I think you mentioned something about that in our last podcast with uh, Pornhub. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, you know, honestly... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I, was, I was just going to say that, that these streaming sites or hosting sites for all this various pornographic material, or they're, they're trying to help their models or their entertainers by taking less money out of what they get. Mm-hmm. But what, what were you going to say, Chris? No, that's basically it. I mean, honestly, I don't know more information around it, but um, yeah, I think that's one uh, way that the owners of Pornhub specifically that I know about and maybe other streaming sites as well are trying to um, do their part, right? Do do something that they can do. And definitely, uh, you know, I feel like, yeah, this is how we're going to get through this, right? We have to take care of each other, you know, and I think one of the – it's kind of hard to speak in this way, but I feel like one of the blessings of, of COVID-19 is that it's revealing a lot about what's, what hasn't been working in our society, but we've been able to – unless you're a de- personally impacted, we've been able to just cover it up or just move on or ignore, you know, and then the, the machine has continued on just thinking, oh, well, no big. It's not, it's not stopping the machine, you know, but um, – mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like noticing all the parts of what makes our day-to-day work and all the folks in our community that need protection, like legal protection and government protection and are at um, high risk for abuse, right, and mistreatment. I think these are the things that we have to remember when we move on from this, when we get back to the normalcy that, like, uh, the Chase was talking about, you know? But we're no longer mm-hmm. in like um, apocalypse mode. We have to remember these lessons too. Yeah, um, I, I think I think something to add to that is we need to find a new normal. Yep. Yes. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. There's there we there has to be a new normal. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent So yes, please don't be a hypocrite. <laughs> Protect sex <laughs> workers and uh, hold compassion. You know, I I think you're right, Michael. Like often sex workers are like they're like easy targets for demonizing uh, when it comes to discussions around sexual health or when it comes to mm-hmm. um, gentrification of neighborhoods or when it comes to just general economy. And, you know, it, it often like they're, they become like the visible target and that's got to stop because I think nothing else, it's hypocritical and we don't need more examples of that. You know, thank you so much for that. <laughs> Well, obviously, on the unnamed path, um, we have a we love sex. <laughs> uh, I I think Chase, you wanted to expand upon that a little bit, right? But if you want to just stop listening, at we love sex. I'm not sure how much I've covered, but <laughs> go ahead, Chase, take it away. <laughs> what do you have to add to we love sex? <laughs> so um, the unnamed path is a sex positive tradition. Um, you know, we encourage people to have good and healthy and good healthy sex you know have with with yourself with other people you know consent is sexy and yeah you know to to know the to know and to take care of your sexual health is extremely important and is something that we do you know strongly encourage as a tradition you know our tradition has some inherently sexual 
aspects to it. Although, you know, clearly we are, uh, we do not, you know, for example, don't have sex with our students as teachers. No one is required to have sex with you and you are not required to have sex with anyone else within the tradition. But we do strongly encourage, you know, people to figure out things like what makes their body tick, you know, what makes their, what, Mm -hmm. what gets their motor running, you know, to, to explore those things and to devote time to figuring that out. Yes, definitely. (laughs) I mean, you could even use sex as meditation, as a form of meditation Mm -hmm. or a form of worship Mm -hmm. in our tradition. Yep. Very good. Very good for getting in contact with, you know, one of our deities. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More than one. Well, yeah, yeah. But that Dark Daddy likes it a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how to segue into... Well, okay, sorry. Awkward segues, awkward segues. Please edit it out. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Um, yeah, so that's great. Thank you so much, Chase. Uh, of course, you know, just in general, especially pre-apocalypse mode, right? We uh, definitely want to encourage that folks are... I don't know how to do this. Does someone want to take the next section of basics of sexual health? <laughs> sure. Go for it. Um, so basics in sexual health, things like, you know, knowing your status. Um, And that's not necessarily just your HIV status. There are a lot of other sexually transmitted infections that can cause you a lot of problems and can cause problems for other people in your life, especially, hopefully, people that you care about. So, you know, knowing those statuses and making sure to take steps one way or the other to ensure your sexual health and the safety of yourself and your sexual partners. Super, super important. You know, for some people, that's going to look like you always using condoms. Um, for other people, that may be doing other risk mitigation behaviors. You know, there is PrEP, which is fabulous and wonderful, um, usually coming in the forms of either Truvada or Discovy, uh, which is actually a drug that I am on. Um, and... Um, which is meant to reduce your risk of HIV infection um, and to reduce possible future HIV transmission. And hopefully this might be the generation that stops that, Um, Mm -hmm. which would be great. Super, super great. Um, Oh, Chase, one thing to add, too, um, I guess this is a little bit of personal information, but I, I've actually started getting my uh, vaccinations for the HPV. Uh, and then, uh, so HPV, of course, is human papillomavirus. Uh, often people might assume that uh, it's, not re- it's not needed by men, but if you, you should ask your PCP. HPV is a virus that you could get. Uh, it's a sexually transmitted virus, uh, but I think most Notably, it actually can be a precursor to many cancers, so rectal cancer, uh, vaginal cancers. So if you are sexually active, it might be something that you should look into, yeah? So it's something that I started taking. It's like a three-month 
three, uh, unless they change it, uh, but it's a three, a three course vaccination. Just a plug for HPV. <laughs> cool. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that that's offered everywhere or by everybody's providers. Um, yeah, it might not be. Um, but if you, mm-hmm. if you can, if you can, it's also, it's, it's often more stressed more anyway for, uh, for women or for uh, female bodied people um, mm-hmm. to get, uh, especially younger girls, because it does have, it does lead to a really high incidence of cervical cancers. So yes, uh, I know that in a lot of places it's offered more for that than it is for men. Yeah, um, I think the actual vaccine is a um, more recent development, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So that's one of the reasons why it was offered to me, um, like when where whereas it hasn't been before, you know. And then um, if you do, you know, if so, like you you would still get a Pap smear, but uh, it would be like in the anus. So if you, uh, if any of you enjoy uh, bottoming as much <laughs> as I do, <laughs> um, getting the HPV vaccine might be a a good call. Yeah. <laughs> And yes. no plug. <laughs> you you know something you made me just think about when you were talking about uh, prep and thing and whatnot. Yeah, I get my I get my Discovy through the uh, Nelson uh, Thibodeau Clinic here in Dallas, which is the gay the gay and lesbian uh, free well, free in quotations clinic uh, in the neighborhood. And in June is when I have to go in for my three-month checkup. And I'm wondering how all that's going to go with all of this going on. I'm going to have to look into that when I get a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be finding that out tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow is my is my uh, three-month checkup. So, and I get to do a telehealth visit with my doctor tomorrow. So, who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> lots of uh, lots of changes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Well, speaking about that, um, obviously, if you all haven't noticed, we are in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> and um, especially in this country right now. Um, so, what happens to sex, right? Uh, so, uh, we wanted to uh, bring the focus to um, basically sex in the time of uh, COVID and sex in time of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, actually, to start off this discussion, we wanted to um, uh, play a s- small snippet from uh, an expert in the sex field uh, that you all <laughs> might, have, you might, you all might have heard. Guys, this is not a laughing matter. Okay, it's, Michael, please roll the tape. Okay. And for the love of God, gays, stop hooking up off the apps. <laughs> Jesus yeah. fucking Christ on a cracker, people. We are in the middle of an extremely contagious pandemic. Please keep your dick in your pants. Learn the fine art of masturbation. And stay the fuck home. Yep. <laughs> For fuck's sake! <laughs> awesome. Uh, um, who is this anonymous? 
yeah. Uh, so for folks, what can that I say? I have my, I have a way with words. <laughs> uh, just in case uh, you missed our episode that was released very recently, um, that is our very own lovely Chase Powers um, <laughs> sharing his views on sex in time of COVID, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, for sure, I it's it's great because I feel like it highlights that yeah we have challenges, you know. Also, what do you call it when you jizz on a cracker, or does the whole circle jizz on a cracker and the last person eats it? Gross. Is name? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call it. I call it gross. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, not to kink shame, not to kink shame anybody, but also like, I for for me. To me, I find that gross. Yeah. Ick. Well, it was inspired by your recording because you you, taught, <laughs> you mentioned Jesus on a cracker. I was like, oh, Jesus on a cracker. Mm. Not not Jesus on a cracker. Jesus <laughs> on a cracker. Uh, Probably matzah because, you know. <laughs> Got it. Uh I guess we do want to pause that, uh, you know, uh, you know, we love to laugh and I, I, we know the importance of laughter, but we're not trying to make light of the situation. Uh, but we, what we are trying to do is to maybe breathe life into it and make it very clear that, Hey, um, sex still happens. Right. So rather than pretending that's not going to happen or, or putting it into the shadows or in the closet or what have you, uh, the idea of today's discussion was really just to let's talk about it. And if we're going to do it, how best to do it to prevent um, and to still do our part with um, flattening the curve, preventing the spread of COVID uh, and of course, other, other diseases as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yay. I mean, yeah. you, you shared this amazing little PDF document with in our uh, chat to get ready for the show. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, awesome. Thanks for bringing it up, Michael. <laughs> um, so the New York City uh, DOH or Department of Health, actually this is going back a couple months already, but they released um, what they're calling a sex and coronavirus disease uh, document, or um, essentially it's like a guidelines of how to, how to have sex during COVID-19. <laughs> and um, a lot of people like poke fun at it. A lot of people were just really enjoying that something like this, including myself. I, I definitely chuckled. Um, I mean, I've worked with um, my friend actually works for DOH and like we laughed about it and it's actually, we're laughing because it's great that this is happening, you know? Uh, and it's the department of health for God's sake. Sex is part of that. Right. Um, I've actually worked with the DOH in the past too, with like uh, HIV prevention, and they are not one for mincing words. So, uh, if you haven't seen this document, even if you don't live in New York, um, just do a quick Google search, NYC DOH and COVID, and you'll find this document. And it's actually, I don't know, what, what do you guys think? It's a relatively extensive, um, pretty good guide. It's only two pages, so it's not too too crazy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we thought we'd like just kind of skim through it, right? So um, it kind of starts off with helpful questions, right? <laughs> and then the first one is like, but can you have sex, right? And, and then it just kind of starts off with some tips. 
Um, and really, uh, education is a big part of any sort of prevention, right? So knowing how COVID-19 is spread from person to person is, is key, right? So just in case, you know, I, I, it, might be, it might be known now, but um, social distancing are ways that we're avoiding this. Uh, we know that it's spread, it's considered a droplet precaution. So in your mucus and saliva and uh, when you cough and sneeze, it could be uh, spread in that way, right? They're also finding that uh, uh, patients that are COVID-19 positive or uh, have the coronavirus have been found to have, sorry, traces of COVID-19 in their feces as well if they are infected with the virus. Um, but uh, at, per up to the date of this document, uh, they haven't been able to detect COVID-19 in semen or vaginal fluid. And, but, so this is a thing to notice too, although this is called the coronavirus, it's not the first coronavirus. There are many other coronaviruses uh, that we've had in the past or that have been known. Uh, this is just like the latest, um, the latest mutation or the latest uh, version. Uh, so something to take away, even though there aren't any cases currently, uh, we know that other coronaviruses have transmitted through transmitted sorry through sex. I think this is part of the difficulty, right? Because like it's a it's a relatively new um, thing that we're dealing with. So information is rolling out um, every day, right? New information is coming to us every day, whether it's from other countries that like that got hit by the wave earlier than us. And it's something that I I was sharing with both of you. Like every day I go into work and um, something's different, right? Uh, the procedures have changed. Uh, for whatever reason. So uh, you definitely want to stay vigilant about information and definitely uh, don't just, don't only hear what you want to hear, <laughs> you know, uh, when it comes to things like this, right? So that's like the, the boo on fun stuff, right? That, yeah, you can get COVID-19 potentially through, maybe not through uh, semen or vaginal fluid, through other things that you might be doing during sex. So for instance, like kissing is probably not a good idea, right? <laughs> Especially because a lot of, um, if the, you know, it's coming from your mouth vapors, uh, your, your saliva and your, and your mucus in your mouth. I feel like I'm spiraling out over here. So I'll try my best not to get too deep. <laughs> <but> please, <laughs> you can look up the document. Uh, but what I love is they actually start off with um, your safest uh, sex partner is yourself, right? And then they might, also be most available <laughs> right so they i like that they bring in masturbation into this conversation you know and they talk about how masturbation will not spread COVID 19 especially if you wash your hands and sex toys with soap and water for at least 20 seconds before and after sex right and then after that uh, the next safest partner is someone that you live with right which is kind of funny my roommate and i really laughed about this <laughs> we're like uh we both kind of looked at each other and we're like uh, no. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, that, that, that doesn't work for me either because my, my roommate's my brother. Uh, some people don't like that. Yeah, that's a little... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't like that either. I mean, you are in North Texas, not Arkansas, so... Oh, know. I didn't say it. That was a Texan that said that, everyone, just in case. It wasn't the yeah. New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, he said, in, he's in North Dallas. He's not in Arkansas. Okay. 
Moving gaily uh, forward. Moving gaily forward. So, just generally speaking, of course, you want to avoid close contact with anyone outside of your household, right? And that's, of course, during sex as well. And then if you meet sex partners, right? So, that, what I appreciate about this language, too, is, like, with anything, it doesn't help to have hard and fast rules. I mean, some people might like that, but... Um, uh, for prevention, especially the spread of disease, it's um, guidelines and risk management or redu- reducing uh, risk is actually, at least for me personally, and I, I think that the studies have shown this, it's actually more effective at, at prevention. You know, instead of saying you cannot do this. Um, uh, so they kind of speak about, listen, if you're going to have sex, right, then maybe, and, and they don't, and you don't live with them, and it's not yourself. Limiting partners might be a good way to go, right? So kind of like what our own Chase Powers was talking about is like maybe not hooking up with like random people, although regard you know that is very beautiful, right? But maybe not hooking up with random people uh, you know, might be a good way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say you know you could sext or you know give each other a you know FaceTime each other or you know Skype each other and give each other a show do something like that just yeah you know finding a different way to interact to have this pleasurable moment with someone without actually being in the same room and of course always doing it with a consenting partner right you know if you're if you're going to harass someone online that's obviously not consenting and you need to stop that (laughs) yeah absolutely Actually, Michael, I'm glad you brought that up because you know what's funny? It's um, so I'm actually not on that many apps. I'm on Growler, and I guess technically speaking, oh, because of your influence, I'm actually on Grinder finally. But not anyway. So I, I've noticed that like people were definitely still active, and I was curious about what is this about. And I've noticed a lot of the guys are just um, they're kind of just reaching out, right? It's another way of like breaking the isolation, you know, and they're reaching out, just talking, chatting it up. Um, yeah, definitely a lot of sexting is happening. Um, yeah, these are all great ways to still interact um, while maintaining um, uh, the safety of distance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so here's some nitty-gritty stuff, and this is why I really do appreciate New York City's uh, DOH. <laughs> um in this section, it's called Take Care During Sex, and it speaks of uh, kissing can easily pass COVID-19, which, of course, we know, close contact, and, and then uh, body fluids, specifically um, uh, was the saliva and mucus. Uh, and then they <laughs> continued to say rimming, and they used the word rimming, which is awesome. And for those not in the know, in parentheses, they put mouth on anus uh, might spread COVID-19. And here, it's, like, it's kind of like a, a mite situation. Uh, again, uh, we talked about how some COVID-19 uh, patients had traces of COVID-19 in their uh, in their uh, poop. <laughs> uh, and then condoms and dental dams can reduce contact with saliva or feces, of course, if you do engage, right? And this part, too, washing up before and after sex is more important than ever. Um, so, of course, 20 seconds washing hands, any sex toys you might be using. Um, yeah. So if you do engage, maybe not the best time to, you know, enjoy the afterglow for too long, <laughs> or you can enjoy the afterglow uh, in the shower. <laughs> um, 
while you're soaping up. Yeah. You, you are you are forgetting that last little bit where it says disinfect keyboards and touch screens <laughs> that you share with others for video uh, chat, for watching pornography or anything else. Love it. Yes. 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 So modern. <laughs> yeah, definitely keep your keyboards clean, people. Excellent. And then, of course, if your partner is sick, right, uh, if they have symptoms or if they test positive, you might want to c- consider skipping sex for a little bit. At least sex that includes, like, physical contact that will put you at risk, right? Especially, of course, if you or your partner has a medical condition that can lead to more severe COVID-19. Um, and then if you are immunocompromised, if you have any sort of respiratory uh, disease or illness, if you have unsuppressed HIV or CD4 counts, yeah. And then, um, of course, because it's still prevalent in our community, still an issue, um, uh, they bring in HIV and talking about HIV and other STIs. And then they also mentioned unplugged pregnancy, which I really love that they did. You know, just in general, if you're going to have sex, um, definitely you want to uh, take care of yourself. But yeah, pregnancy too, right? Yeah, I I do love, like you were saying, uh, Chris, I do love the fact that they mention unplanned pregnancies in this thing. And I know there's going to be some, you know, gay guy who's listening to this being like, I don't have to worry about unplanned pregnancies. Yeah. You know, some of us us actually do because we are, Mm -hmm. you know, we are involved with individuals who are not uh, cisgendered males. Like, I have a boyfriend who is transgender, and yes, he is on hormones, uh, yes, he's on uh, testosterone, but there is still an ever so slight slim chance that he could end up getting pregnant. And unless he's someone who has actually had like a hysterectomy, uh, he, again, there's the ever so slim chance that he could get pregnant. So it is something to consider. And there's also, you know, it's not just gay men that we, you know, talk, that we are, well, us in general, I think all three of us identify as gay, but, you know, we... Wait, 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 I wait. Guess, Y'all are gay? Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. But you know, there's also bisexual, there's also bisexual <laughs> men. There's, you know, pansexuals, you know, people who right. aren't solely attracted to cisgendered men. Absolutely. Or, so... You know, this affects our whole community, and we all need to be more open-minded about these topics. Yes, absolutely. And, like, just to beat it in further, Michael, I mean, if this is a paradigm shift, that's great. Breathe, lean into it. Uh, but not all gay boys have a penis, right? Uh, and not all gay boys only have sex with people that have penises. And you can still be gay, <laughs> You know, yeah. so, yeah, and if if you don't get it, that's fine. Uh, lean in and find out. Do the research. Open that world. Sh- shift that paradigm. Well, thank you so much for highlighting that, Michael, because, like, not even mm-hmm. just in prevention, but just in general, pregnancy is no longer, like, a quote-unquote straight issue, right? It's actually, like, very much uh, part of the queer experience, you know? And if you don't see it, then expand your view, right? Um, I assure you it is. Uh, it's something I've definitely been seeing even at work with, like, uh, the parents that are coming in with babies and uh, more and more queer folk, you know, are having children. 
like intentionally uh and obviously and then if if um I mean, part of the reason for the pregnancy bit, too, is that, um, you know, pregnancy in a time, un, un, an unintentional pregnancy during this time would not be so great, you know? No. Uh, you know what I mean? So, and then this isn't me officially saying don't get pregnant during COVID-19, but if you, if, if it is your intent, uh, if you can get pregnant, right, and it is your intent not to be pregnant, then a little ex, ex, uh, extra uh, underlining there because uh, in the in the events of like an unwanted pregnancy that you might need to take some a course of action and that course of action who knows depending on what's happening in the medical world might be less available than it used to be you know whether it's care and then even Chase you mentioned that you're doing like um, a virtual meet with your your physician right mm-hmm. your three months checkup so. The medical community is changing. The medical community is severely taxed, right? So, yeah, it's it's probably a good idea to be extra vigilant, uh, assuming you don't want to be pregnant, right? And if you can be. Yeah, so I'm glad that was included. I'm glad that you brought it home to us too, Michael, because it's definitely not a non-issue for us. So thank mm. you. <laughs> no problem. Well... Uh, we got the New York City DOH's official stamp of approval for masturbation, amongst other things. Uh, and we mentioned <laughs> in the previous episode, and we'll mention it again for sure, uh, that the owner of, uh, owner or owners, I'm not even sure, of Pornhub did a couple things. One, they donated a whole bunch of uh, masks and gloves. Uh, I think they're local hospitals. Uh, which is awesome. Thank you so much. And they also are currently offering free premium membership. I'll say it again, free premium membership at Pornhub during quarantine. So there's no current end in sight to that, to the Pornhub membership. Hopefully quarantine will end, right? <laughs> uh, but they, there's no, um, it's not like, oh, your first month is free or like, hey, the first week is free or the first hour is free. Um, it just, free period um and you know honestly i chuckled a little bit so i i signed up right and i've been accessing it uh and it's kind of fun because when you sign up for the free membership they ask you um to make a commitment and to check off hey yes i will be practicing social distancing or uh the other option is i cannot because i'm an essential worker but i'll do my best or something to that effect and i thought that was one really cute but also two uh, really important to make this about why they're offering it, you know? Mm. I'm not sure. Have, have you two um, – well, first off, were you guys already premium members at Pornhub, or are you now because it's free? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Okay. But, <laughs> well, well, I mean, I like Pornhub, but I honestly get most of my porn from Twitter. Oh. Yes, so, God. So many people are posting porn on Twitter. Girl. Really? I follow so many adult film stars on Twitter. I also follow so many amateur film stars on Twitter. It makes me very happy. Um, I also find that por- I also find while Pornhub is a wonderful resource, I also find that Pornhub, by and large, tends to cater more towards the straight side of porn. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of gay porn can be body at best so you know it, there's just less there for me um, what I also really like about having 
having access to Twitter porn is that it's it, it's uh, it, it's a feed that's curated for myself by myself um rather than rely rather than relying on you know fate rather than relying on Pornhub's you know you might like this algorithm to find things um as well as you know sort of circling back to our earlier conversation about um supporting sex workers you know i follow a lot of people who have only fans pages or have have just for fans pages or who do escort work or, you know, whatever else that they feel like they need to do or want to do. Um, and it gives me the opportunity to, when I can, anyway, you know, support mm. one of them with a subscription. No, that's awesome. Honestly, I've avoided Twitter up to now, or maybe not even consciously, but I am not on Twitter. But I didn't realize that porn was happening on Twitter. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of everyone who did porn on Tumblr is now doing porn on Twitter. Oh, uh, okay. I heard about Tumblr, and I missed it, and then they changed, and they're basically gone, right? But, um, yeah, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that makes sense. So they kind of came over, or they're just, like, focusing on, on Twitter right now. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess I'll check out Twitter, too, then. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, on my down days, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah awesome. well, I mean, you know, and it's also great because it does it does offer you if you're doing Twitter right, it offers you a sense of community when you're doing stuff, when you're engaging in stuff like that, or when you're, you know, mm-hmm. looking at porn because you're not sending money to a first of all, you're not sending money to a mysterious corporation and you know somewhere else. Mm. If you are, you know, if you are. Twitter to access somebody's OnlyFans page, for example. You know, you yes, you are paying me OnlyFans, but you are paying me to OnlyFans to subscribe to a particular person's platform. It's not like spending money every month on Pornhub for a monthly subscription and you get to view so many videos a month or whatever. Mm, got it. Um, you know, so more money is going more directly to the pockets of the people who are actually doing the sex work, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, kind of important. And it, it, I have actually got to have really good conversations with people who do sex work, you know, through videos or whatever, but who also, you know, they're people. And sometimes they'll make posts to their Twitter account where they're talking about how their day went or how, you know, they hate having to deal with social distancing because, you know, they're not able to interact with people that they would want to go interact with. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they're just like, hey, you know, I have 5,000 followers. So what's something that – what's something not related to my dick that someone has always wanted to ask me? Let's have an, let's have an ask me anything session. You know, and then you can end up having some really interesting conversations with people. And then, of course, you get the, you know, the herp derp gays who get on there and are like, uh, uh, how big is your dick actually? Because we apparently can't not be that way. Um, but, you know, it, it's to me, it's it's a lot more it's a lot more personal of an interaction with people doing the actual work of being sex workers. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
That's great. All right, maybe I'll jump into Twitter world. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that, Chase. Honestly, like, I was always um, – I think I'm a little older than the two of you, right? I, we, have you established age? We do this all the time, but I, I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> but um, I, mean, I, I don't I actually, know. How old are you? Uh, you don't ask a lady that on the air. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking you. <gasps> oh, so clearly you're not a lady either. So how old are you, bitch? I have I have never claimed to be a lady. <laughs> no, I'm a glorious 37-year-old. Um, no, yeah, we're the same age. I'll be 37 in September. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I'm actually a year older than I'll be 38 in September. <laughs> I'll and be I didn't... 30. I'll be 37 in December. Oh, so you were, uh, you guys were born the same same year, right? You guys were born in 82, or 83. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, okay. So I am the senior in this class. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like one year. But you're right, we're about the same age, so we kind of grew up in the age of like when Facebook, um, it wasn't even social networking. It was literally like, okay, who got trashed last night, right? And then you just post yeah. pictures. And it was just college networks, right? And then mm-hmm. um, I, I still remember how like Facebook grew and it became this thing. And then pe- like law schools were looking at it for applicants, and you know it, it just blew up into this crazy thing. Um, so I, I think I feel like my social networking development kind of um, stopped with Facebook a little bit. You know, I am on Instagram, but even Instagram, I'm like, you know, I talk to my coworkers that are like younger. Like, I'm such an old man. I don't know why. What what's what's the deal with a story? Like what is it? You know, I don't get it, you know? So yeah. Um I guess I've been resistant to jumping anywhere else, but yeah, I'll check out Twitter. Sounds great. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like we're veering off topic a little, a little bit. Well, um, I mean we did, but I mean it's all still <laughs> kind of related. We're giving but, you know, we're giving recommendations for our favorite, you know, self pleasure uh method. Yes. So part no, of that true. might include viewing pornography and if you're going to view and if you're going to view pornography i mean if you're going to view pornography like do it (laughs) ethically yes yeah i yeah Um, i do love that pay pay you know pay for your porn if you have a charge yep if you want to see it and if you want to see it bad enough pay for your porn there we go Mm -hmm. i do like that yeah um awesome yes i agree it's all included you know, yeah. some other versions of, you know, self-pleasuring is actually self-pleasuring, like using your hand or some other toy to, you know, to there we go. make yourself happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for our next bit, um, we're going to interview the two of you and just give us excruciating oh. details on how you masturbate. Who wants to go first? Uh, just kidding. But I'm sure you guys will share Crick anyway. Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> I'm sure you share anyway, but um, yeah, let's celebrate masturbation today. You know, I, there's so many fun names for techniques, and I I've known so many throughout the years, I guess. But all I could come up with was edging. Uh, so of course, edging. Um, does anyone want to define edging for our crowd? I'm not really an edger, but girl, I am. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> Take the mic, honey. I mean, 
It's essentially masturbating for a longer period of time where orgasm is not your focus. Mm -hmm. In fact, not orgasming is more of the focus. I mean, um, okay. And it's, it's, it's about keeping yourself on the edge of orgasm for a longer period of time so that you can focus more on the pleasure of it rather than um, just trying to get off. So I, I have a bit of a follow-up clarification question. So, uh, you know, some folks, um, the blessed among us, uh, experience multiple orgasms, right, but might not necessarily, like, like come, right? Would you say, like, for them, if they were an edger, uh, do some edgers re um, experience multiple orgasms through, or is it more just, like, the joy of not actually orgasming? You know what I mean? Or is it trying um, not to? Yeah. I Go mean, ahead. I can't, I could certainly can't speak for everybody, but it's more about not achieving orgasm and drawing that out until you reach orgasm. I'm mm -hmm. sure that, you know, for people who are multi-orgasmic could do that, but right. I, I'm not that way normally, so I can't speak from experience. A really great meme that comes around on Twitter uh, from time to time talking about just this sort of thing. In fact, orgasms are great, but they can make sex goal-oriented and create unnecessary pressure. Mm. This is often the case for people, whether they're having sex or masturbating, where the urge or the, the, the urge to perform or the, the desire to be seen as being able to perform or to have an orgasm um, or to come, you know, becomes so all-consuming that you're not actually enjoying the act of what you're doing. Uh, however, pleasure is about the experience grounded in the moment without any future expectation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, especially when it comes to something like edging, for example, it's more about experiencing the pleasure that you can give your body and that your body can give you rather than... I need to masturbate and ejaculate so that I can experience the endorphin rush of the uh, orgasm and then go about my day. Mm. Um, we, in, in certain of our practices, for example, um, when we talk about things like self-pleasure as a form of devotional work, that it's, it's not about orgasm. It's about the pleasure that you you create the the pleasure and the 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 energy that you're creating and that it's not a maintenance session right like you're not you're the point of it is not to orgasm or it you know orgasming is not the point of it because you're not there to jerk off get off and then get up and go back to your day mhm mm right and there's nothing wrong with I really need to I really need to have an orgasm. There's nothing wrong with that. Like sometimes that's all you want to do or that's all you have time for. And that's okay. And you know, this is something that I have experienced with sexual partners in fact where we're doing the thing and I'm not having an orgasm. And they get upset or get worried that maybe they're not doing something right or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's totally fine. About you, my body is not doing what I would like for it to do. However, I'm really in what we're doing. So let's just, you know, keep doing that. If I have an orgasm, great. If I don't have an orgasm, I still had a blast. Don't care. Yeah, yeah. I very much agree with that.
I do like that. Fun bit that I I've noticed a lot, especially online with the you know sheltering in place and whatnot. Instead of masturbating or you know giving getting self pleasure from that way, a lot of people are experimenting with uh, chastity right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Tell us more. <laughs> I, so I, I, I was wondering if you if you were going to say that. But I am not really big into chastity. But I see so many people who are. And chastity is basically, you know, you're denying yourself. I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to get this definition wrong. I should probably just look it up. But from my understanding is basically denying yourself orgasm. You're, some people will find other ways to pleasure themselves during this. But basically for people who have uh, a penis, they will basically put it in a device, lock it up. And, you know, put the key someplace else or give the key to someone else or someone else will tell them when they can unlock and actually, like, pleasure themselves that way. I, I, actually, one of my favorite um, uh, sex educators and, you know, YouTube personalities and porn stars posted a picture on his uh, Twitter accounts where he was trying out a brand new chastity device that was digital. And I was like, oh, no, that, that, that scares me. Of course, I would never. I, I would never do it myself, just because I'm like I don't like the idea of some part of my body being like in, inaccessible. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I feel like um, when you were describing that, Michael, it reminded uh, me of like basically all my sex during my Catholic days. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe except for towards the end, but um, I. It's it's pretty hot. It's hot, but I, I feel like it's not really for me right now. I know that mm-hmm. a couple of our brothers that um, go to um, Between the Worlds are uh, into chastity, our chastity play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I was talking with one of them, and he was describing. It. I was like, wow, that sounds beautiful and amazing. Um, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, interesting. So I have a very important question for the both of you: lube okay. or no lube? Definitely lube. I know it kind of depends. I mean, I uh-huh. don't need lube if I'm pleasuring myself, but if I'm, like, sticking something in me, yes, lube. <laughs> I uh, – okay, so if you're doing a quick maintenance session, your mileage may vary. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you might you might like it, you might not like it, you might you might not need it, you know. It's, it's really up to you. If you're edging, for the love of God, use lube. Because yeah. if you don't – if you don't, like, if you have a penis and you're edging – and you don't use lube, you're going to rub your dick off. Like, getting raw spots on your penis from unlubed masturbation, not fun. 10 of 10, do not no. recommend. <laughs> As well, if you are somebody who is uncut and you're doing that, I'm going to strongly recommend that you use lubrication because if you don't, the end of your dick is going to dry out, dry out and it's going to be really uncomfortable. So maybe don't do that. You know, just saying. For other things, yeah, totally, you know, use lube. I also strongly do not recommend using a water-based lubricant for masturbation. They kind of suck. They're great for a lot of other things, but for masturbation, not so much. Unless you want to just constantly be reapplying lube to yourself, they dry up really fast, and it sucks. It gets sticky, it will rub you raw. Not a fun time. That's good. That's good advice, Chase. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. especially because, you know, if we end, if, if our quarantine ends in a week or two, 
and you've rubbed a giant raw spot on the base of your dick, and you go to have sex with somebody, oh look, you've broken a mucous membrane. Now you're more oh. subs- now you're more susceptible to infection, and also someone might look at that and go, hmm, that looks like a herpes sore. I'm out. <laughs> so, you know, <sighs> think ahead, people. Think ahead. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually a no lube guy, but I'm not also not an edger, so I feel like you're right. I feel like the it's a different thing. I don't know. Sometimes a lube is a little too sloppy, you know? But I don't know. I mean, hashtag not sponsored, but silicone Uber lube. It literally takes like three drops and it's usually good for a good amount of time and it's not real sloppy. So just okay. saying. Also All right. Also, for those who might be listening and don't know, please do not use silicone lube with silicone toys. Don't do it. Mm. It's a bad plan. <laughs> you will ruin you, you will ruin your toy. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There are certain types of silicone lube that can work with silicone toys, but unless you know the specific type of silicone used in your toy and the specific type of silicone that is used in your lube, just as a general rule, water-based lube with silicone toys. Just water-based lube with silicone toys. <laughs> um, do not use petroleum-based lubricants with non-silicone toys, because you will also destroy your toy. So, like, mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a PVC or um, latex toy, you do not use a petroleum-based lubricant. You can use petroleum lubricants with silicone, and it won't hurt them. <laughs> I'm just Wait. saying. No, that's it's great. The same, it's the same thing as, like, do not use petroleum-based lubricants with latex condoms. You will dissolve them. Right. And they will do absolutely no good. Mm-hmm. 100%. Thank same you. Thing, same thing with the um, slightly harder to get and slightly more expensive uh, silicone condoms that are out. Make sure you don't use silicone lubes with those because, again, you'll dissolve them and they won't be effective. Yeah. This might seem complicated, but really um, just check in with what material it is that you are putting on or putting in or whatever. And then think about what you're slopping onto it. And if it's made of the same stuff or similar stuff or it reacts with each other, then obviously no bueno. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm I'm also personally a big proponent of like yes. I know that there's I know that there's a huge stigma against going to sex stores. You know, people get very up in their heads about oh no, what will people think if they see me? Fuck them. That's what the that's what they'll think. Fuck them. Like, stop caring. But if you're gonna go spend if you're gonna spend money on a toy and you don't know what you're getting into, maybe go to your local sex shop. Because mm. chances are they will have a better idea of what you are trying to buy, and they'll be able to make recommendations about what you're buying so that you don't spend 85 to $150 on something to put in your butt that you're then going, going to ruin with the wrong kind of lube. Like, real talk. <laughs> and if you're looking online for t- for, for stuff to put in an orifice, like... Sometimes that stuff runs really expensive. I have seen some really interesting, you know, dildos of various manufacture, and especially for the higher quality silicone ones, they can run upwards of $300. So, like, 
think about that before you, you know, slather on the wrong kind of lube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Well, I mean, that's a great segue. Let's talk about some sex toys, shall we? <laughs> well, I have some listed here, but, you know, we have a fleshlight, anal bead. Mike, Michael is inventing a new thing for folks into spankings uh, with an ex- extension pole. <laughs> <laughs> so you can maintain social distancing while you're giving someone a whack on the tush. I'll be the model in it. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys have any favorite sex toys or anything new and exciting you want to put out there? I mean, I'm not personally a big fan of most of the masturbator toys um, mm-hmm. because they're generally designed for people who are a little bigger. And sometimes if you're not, if you are on the low side of average um, or less, they can be really difficult to use and more of a distraction than a pleasure. And, you mean like a flashlight, Chase? Or well, like a they're they're like a flashlight or um, some of the other toys. They're specifically just call usually called masturbators. Oh, okay. Um, like a, it's got a tube that you put your dick in, right? Yeah, basically. And a lot of you know sometimes they'll be um, sometimes they'll be textured or they'll have like little finger nubbins inside of them or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, you know, a lot of them are made from silicone, hopefully, and so it's harder to, like, get them lubed up. It's also, for me, really hard to get them, like, to the level of cleanliness that I would prefer. So I'm not personally a big fan of them, but, you know, your mileage may vary. It might be a thing that you're into. Uh, let's see. What other toys have we used? Prostate massager toys, for those of you who have prostates, can be really fun. Um, I do not recommend getting the ones that are made of a really hard plastic because it's brittle and can actually break. We actually did have one break off in one of our partners, um, which was not fun and could have led to an emergency visit. Um, Mm. Luckily, it did not. I'm also personally a big fan of things like uh, cock rings and ball stretchers, things that lift and separate your junk mainly because they increase the sensitivity of those areas. It's not necessarily so much about the, like, stretching or constriction things so much as it is bringing them up and out so that you can get to them better, but also the the chain, usually the change in temperature actually makes the skin more sensitive. Mm-hmm. Huh. I feel right, like I suddenly. I feel. I was going to say. I feel like I suddenly took over this conversation. That was fine. <laughs> We're just taking notes, Chase. <laughs> you know, I like dildos. Um, being a person who is pretty much roughly fifty-fifty on the versatile scale, because um, you know, I don't really understand the whole like I'm. I'm only a top, or I'm only a bottom. Like, really? That's it. I, I like to experience all sides of everything um you know dildos are super fun don't let your eyes don't let your don't (laughs) don't let your eyes uh overload your butt or whatever other orifice you know and i mean that really like if you have never used one before get the smallest size that you can find see how that works and then go up from there there is nothing worse more upsetting or more disappointing than spending, you know, $150 on a toy that you can't use because it will not fit. 
it's mm-hmm. it's it's extremely especially for somebody like me with my Capricorn moon where like money is important to me, there is nothing more aggravating than buying something that I can't fucking use. Because most yep. of the time you cannot return a sex toy. You bought it, it's yours. Yep. Um, you know, for very good reason. But still, it's annoying. You know, and they come literally in all shapes and sizes. They come in with attachments, with no attachments. You know, I'm going to include plugs in that category just because they kind of are. I know that I think it's Colt, C-O-L-T, make uh, the brand is a, in addition to being a porn studio, has like a brand uh, of trainers. That usually comes in like a three or four pack of plugs that go from like about the size of a finger to about the size of three fingers. So that if you've never used a butt toy before, you can kind of get yourself worked up to it. If it hurts, stop. Um, that is not an area that you want to tear. Yeah. However, it does happen, and it happens to the best of us. Um, no matter your air, no matter your level of expertise or you know experience, sometimes I can't help myself. I'm gonna have to. Sometimes shit happens. You know, we get over eager or we go in at a wrong angle, and you know, oops, ow, that hurt. No mas, we're done. It's important to pay attention to what your body is telling you because, especially if you're using insertable toys into the anus, um, once you get past a certain level, you don't have nerve endings that indicate pain as much. So if you, for example, get something that's, this is also one of the reasons why, like, if you're going to put something up there, buy something that's made for that. Please don't stick things like glass light bulbs or jars or broomsticks or God knows what else up your butt. They're not meant for that. You don't want to put... Oh, girl, there is literally a website that's like the things that people have come into in emergency rooms with stuck up their butt. (laughs) And like, it's not, I mean, it's got a certain level of schadenfreude to it. It's like, oh, God, you know, better, better them than me. But also some of it's pretty horrifying. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's also really sad because like, these are people who wanted to have something up their butt to experience what that feels like but felt so much shame that they had to resort to f- trying to find some kind of household item to stick up there, and then instead ended up having to go to the emergency room to get it extracted. And not for nothing, talking about the Capricorn room, the emergency room visit costs a lot more than a really nice dildo. Oh, my God, <laughs> right? Like, for real. <laughs> you know, that that's going to cost you a whole – that's going to cost you a lot more time. It's going to cost you a lot more money. It's going to cost you a lot more. You could have bought half the – by the time you get done with your insurance premium and what you had to pay at the emergency room, you could have bought two of the whole stores. So Mm -hmm. really, like, it – you know, buy the right kind of toys, buy the right kind of lube, and if you're going to put something in you, please put something in you that's meant to be in you. Additionally, like – if you are buying a toy and you are planning on sharing it with a partner, whether that partner is someone you live with or someone you don't live with, like make sure you scrub it between uses and, you know, buy condoms, put a condom over it, you know, and still scrub it when you're done. It, like, 
is fun. But also, <laughs> there's poop in there, and there's bacteria in there that can cause really serious harm if it gets in places it's not supposed to. It can make you extremely sick. Just, you know, use some common sense. I know it's hard when you're horny to be to use common sense, but like, try to plan ahead before the horny takes over. Just saying. Mm. <laughs> God, I, I wish I had done that before all this had happened. Because you know, while while you're talking, you know, I, there was an item I added to our little list of you know, sex toys and stuff to talk about. But there, it's something I'd been wanting to think about investing into for a while which is one of those uh, Bluetooth um, vibrators or you know, Bluetooth things that you stick in your butt uh, mm-hmm. because you can actually – that is very helpful for long-distance relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, during this time of COVID-19, you know, shelter at home, you know, everyone's long-distance at the moment. Well, not everyone, so, but most of us. Well, yeah, most <laughs> of us. Well, you should be. If you don't live with, you know, the people who you're in a relationship with, you should, you know, be staying at home. <laughs> Best way to flatten the curve. Um, but yeah, but you know, if it's something that you can afford that you're interested in getting, you know, look into, you know, these Bluetooth devices that, because it's more than just you know stuff you stick in your butt. You know, it's for uh, stuff you can stick in any hole, really. Um, oh yeah, like the hush plug. Yeah, hush. <laughs> hush. No, seriously, hush. The world's first teledildonic butt plug. Control from anywhere. Yep, you can literally yep. hook it up. You can literally hook it up to a, to your smartphone and use the app to turn it up via Bluetooth or um, long distance control over Wi-Fi. So, yep, it's a thing. Yeah, it is very much a thing. Um. I was, trying, I was trying to think of a way to segue into, and this kind of goes back to when we were talking about adult performers on social media or just anyone who does any sort of like has any sort of like presence or any sort of education or something like that on social media. A lot of times, if you know you can't go to your local sex shop and you want to buy stuff online, it's not hard to find someone who has some sort of sponsorship from like Adam Mail or some other online sex store and mm. you can get a promo code to take off, you know, however much off of a single item or your whole order or free shipping. That's great. I think that's actually a great segue into into the social media realm. Um I know in specifically in discussing things like that, um one person who does if you look if on YouTube for sex toy unboxing, um, you will usually find any number of people who have done promotions. A lot of them do promotions through Adam Mail, so that you can actually they don't they don't show them using the sex toy clearly because it's YouTube, but like they'll take it out and they'll like show you the sex toy and show you what it does without actually putting it in an orifice. Um, I know uh, Megan Tonjes does those or used to do those all the time, um, which was is hilarious and. Also, like, hmm, okay, for those of for people who might, you know, be listening who have vaginas that would like to know what, you know, a woman might want to think about these sex toys. Yeah, and someone, one of my favorite people on YouTube, uh, Pup Amp and Mr. Christopher from What's a Safe Word, 
they've done unboxing videos and they've often been sponsored by Adam Mail for a lot of stuff. They've also done unboxing videos for um, uh, Wish, which they they will always say, please be very careful when you order kink or sex toys from Wish. Oh God, yeah. And you know they, I think their first first Wish video was actually like their most popular video ever because I I don't know why, but. Right, right after they did that video, uh, Wish started sponsoring ads on YouTube. <laughs> but, oh boy! But yeah, Little... you know, so some of, some of the items that they showed like were some chassis devices, and they're like, "Yeah, these are kind of misses for us because the key doesn't fit, or this is going to pinch, or you know, this is going to do that." So that's kind of a miss for us. So don't don't waste your money. Pretty but much. I just want to echo uh, what you guys are saying. Obviously, if your only access is online, then yes, do it wisely, and then maybe look for uh, folks that are being sponsored by our community. But if you're able to, definitely yeah, walk into a shop. And I completely agree with you, Chase. You know what? If anything, maybe you'll normalize that taking care of your own sexual needs and your own sexual health should not be shamed. Uh, and just make it more and more normal, you know? And uh, honestly, I uh, when, when I was in Portland the first time, I uh, did go to a, a sex shop, and it was so delightful. I kind of walked in thinking, I'm, I'm not even sure what I was thinking, but, um, you know, the, the person that was working there was so helpful uh, uh, with what I was looking for and made recommendations and different things around safety and cleaning up before and after. So it's great. Like, why wouldn't you want a curated experience when it comes to your own body's safety and pleasure and taking care of this part of who you are, you know? So I recommend it highly. Excellent. So I think we're kind of wrapping up of what we wanted to have this Maybe a bit of a meandering conversation, but really the idea is that really there's no ends to this topic, uh, which is great. And of course, although like we have lots of thoughts and experience, uh, we are not officially sex educators, right? But there are folks out there that are great resources for more information. Uh, we definitely want to plug some of them, especially folks that we know. So, Michael, you actually mentioned uh, Pup Amp and Mr. Christopher from What's the Safe Word? What is actually uh, spelled watts, like how many watts in a light bulb? So, W A T T S, the safe word. Yeah, it, it, it's an it's an electro it's an electro pen, you know. So. Love it. Yeah, I love you know, honey names. Because <laughs> you know, Amp and his his origin his original co host was Bolt. Amp uh, and Bolt. I got it. I got it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, you know, go, going back to, you know, a couple of our conversations earlier about toys and, like, lube, they did a whole episode on the types of lubes, the best uses for them. Uh, nice. One of their most popular videos is the proper way to clean out. Mm. Uh, obviously, there it's a lot – well, not obviously. I mean, there's a lot of various uh, kinky ones that they have, like – talking about different kinks like electro. One of the most recent ones was kitten play. They mm. have done one on uh, littles, uh, you know, age play, uh, ABDL, ABDL, if you if I said that too fast, you know, uh, adult baby diaper lovers. Mm-hmm. 
and various other kinks and sex-related stuff. So definitely check them out. They also have a podcast, which they can be a lot more explicit on. <laughs> and the, the podcast name, oh my God, I, it's a slightly different from their uh, YouTube name because of some reason I can't remember and I can't, my phone is turned off because I've been getting notifications like crazy. Uh, so I can't bring it up. But uh, also uh, Amp and Mr. Christopher, well, Mr. Christopher explicitly, uh, Mr. Christopher explicitly is the president or vice president of Is My Guy, which is a fairly new version of like the OnlyFans website type thing. And this one, from what I've heard from other people who have used it, they say it's a lot more user-friendly. And uh, just recently they announced that they were be giving – 100% of the proceeds that the models for, you know, signing up for various models, they're going to be getting 100% of their proceeds. They won't be taking anything from them. And actually, it also will apply to any new models that sign up uh, during this time. Oh, that's amazing. So, so but, I, uh, I looked it up. It's yeah. actually what's your safe word. So same what's, yeah. what's your safe word. It's the name of the podcast. Awesome. Lee Harrington is the other person that I had added to the list. Lee is actually, you know, I don't know if y'all ever listened to the podcast episode uh, back in the day when it was me and Matthew. We had Lee on the show to talk about a few things uh, a couple mm-hmm. times, and he actually had Matthew and I on his podcast, uh, Passion and Soul, to talk about walking the name path. Uh, but Lee is a uh, transgender man, a queer Kinky, he talk, well, he talks about kink. He talks about sacred sexuality. Um, he's an educator, so he has a lot of books. You know, check out his website, Passion and Soul. Uh, yeah. Excellent. And then, um, uh, what is it, Megan Tangs? Tonges. Tonges, okay. T-O-N-J-E-S, Megan Tonges. She does a lot person? of... She is a YouTuber. She does a lot of she does a lot of stuff. Honestly, she's a, a musician as well. Um, but somehow she got into doing sex toy unboxing videos. Oh, oh sorry, who you mentioned before? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, she also is she's also heavily involved with um, body positivity and um, the especially for bigger people. You know, she mm, she tries to ma- uh, yeah. Oh God, what. I think it's is it I think it's Booty Revolution is the tag that she started. I know she went she had a she had some round and rounds with Instagram actually because they removed photos that showed like the lower part of a butt cheek but had Kim Kardashian's whole ass out on Instagram. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Booty Revolution. Booty Revolution. Mhm. All right. Well, on that note, booty revolution and body positivity. So we are coming to up on the close of our show, and we would like to thank everyone uh, who is listening right now. We hope you will continue to walk this path with us. Uh, please leave a rating or comment and let us know how you like this episode or, uh, or our show in general. If you'd like to get in touch with any of us, uh, you can email us at walkingtheunnamedpath at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at walking underscore the UP. And of course, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash walking the unnamed path. With that, happy masturbation month. Say goodbye, boys. (laughs) 
Bye. Bye.